Hey everyone. Hey Dana. Hey Alex. How's it going? It's good. Happy Lent. Well, blessings for Lent. It's like, is that a thing? <laughs> I want to acknowledge it's Lent, so we usually add the word happy before things, but yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, I noted on Facebook that little video, what teaser we made, that, you know, we only did that one take and it was like super peppy. Oh, I was no, I was super preppy. You were like appropriately Lenten, somber. Somber. <laughs> I was like super preppy, peppy, and preppy. Yeah. You were wearing a checkered we, button down. Um, we matched. Did you not realize that? <laughs> no, I didn't realize that. Oh God, yeah, we do that a lot. Like, without even realizing. it. I'm wearing purple today. You are. Oh, look at you, perfect for what? That's right. Did you think about that when you got dressed? I did. That's impressive. Right? Way to go. So I'm going to wear my purple sweater. Aw. Because it's Lent. I know. Um, But you preached before it was Lent. I did. I did. But it was a good text to transition us from Epiphany to Lent. It's a nice bridge text. I actually didn't talk about that in my sermon, but as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about how it is. Well, tell me why that is. Uh, Because Moses is on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. So um, we see that symbolism. Um, in Lent as well, which is a journey of 40 days, 40 nights, not counting the six Sundays in Lent. So it's actually 46 days, so everybody knows. Um, And so they don't like call us up and correct our math, but yeah. (laughs) Um, And in fact, for those of you who are observing Lent or Lenten practices, um, those Sundays in Lent are known as the little Easter's. So some take a break from whatever they're abstaining for on those Sundays in Lent. Have you ever done that? No, but I never really... Thought, oh, you, you don't give things up? No. Okay. All right. Um, although I was driving in today and I was listening to this this news story on um, um, Radio Boston. No, Boston Public Radio. Yeah. Um, and about this woman who works in like sleep studies and about mm-hmm. how we're just messing up our sleep because we can't access our own melatonin because of like all the screen exposure we have before bed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll... For Lent, I, like, won't have any screens after 9. Oh, that would be revolutionary for you. You what? fall asleep most nights with your phone on top of you. It's like, in fact, you've fallen asleep, like, with your phone in your head. Right. When you're late to things, it's because you forgot to set your alarm because you fell asleep with your phone. <laughs> we need some video right now because Alex is feeling very convicted. <laughs> He's feeling um, very seen. I think the no the word you're looking for is offended. <laughs> I know I regularly like f- drop my phone falling asleep, so which is not good. I'm not proud of any of this. Listen, it's reality. It's okay. Most people are on their phones or a screen before they go to bed, right? So maybe I'll give that up. That's a good thing. I tried that, and it hasn't been entirely successful. But reading before bed rather than on the phone before bed, so. The um, although my problem isn't falling asleep, like I fall asleep super easy. It's it's like feeling rested. Yeah. Right. It's more concerning light things, screens for people who have a hard time falling asleep. Mm-hmm. It's really not, but still, yeah. nonetheless, it's a good. Yeah. It's a good um, it's good practice. That's right. Maybe ten. Maybe nine's a little ambitious, just because sometimes we, I leave here at nine. No. Uh, yeah. So right. Right. But Sorry. I guess I could just go home and not look at a screen. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um. We could talk a lot about that, but yeah, and Lenten practices. So, yeah, if anyone wants to share their Lenten practices with us, go for it. Go Curious. for it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. The um, what are you doing for Lent? 
Oh, God, I've, you know me. I've got too many ideas. I haven't fully decided yet. Okay, well, today's the day. <laughs> Stick or twist. Let's go. What are you going to do? <laughs> Stick or twist? What's that? It's the same. Oh, I never heard it before. Really? Okay. No. Hopefully it doesn't mean something like that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, a, well, you think about what you want to say. <laughs> I'm going to Google that. And then... I think we should move on to scripture. You don't want to tell us what you're... No, I, I like literally haven't. I've got ideas, but always too ambitious. And and that is not the point of Lent at all, is to be like, oh, let me try to do, um, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts jumbling around in my mind around that. Essentially, I want to be able to carve out more intentional time. Uh, to be prayerful, to be reflective. So um, I just haven't figured out what that actually looks like on a practical level. So that's my hope and my intention. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than abstaining, like taking on some spiritual practices. So that's the hope. So apparently, sticker twist comes from blackjack. It's like like hit or stand. Oh, okay. The stick is to Stay. uh, stay. And then the twist is to uh, hit, I think. Okay. Um, Let's talk about, wow, we got so quickly, wasn't I talking about how this is a bridge text from Epiphany into Lent? Um, It was all relevant, that was all about Lent. Yeah, no, exactly, so about Lent. Okay, so 40 days, 40 nights, um, Moses on Mount Sinai. But also, I would say, bridges from Epiphany because, um, you know, in this text we see um, Moses um, ab- absorbed in the glory of God. Like we see the revealed glory of God, that kind of epiphany of, of um, a revelation of God. So anyway, that's off the top of my head, kind of how I see these two texts, bri- this text bridging these two seasons. That's a great point. That's a great point. And um, tell us more about, you know, how you decided to take this sermon and what direction you decided to take mm-hmm. it. So, you know, Um, People are always asking Alex and I of like, you know, how do I read the Bible? It feels so unapproachable or intimidating. And I actually love this section of Exodus and and encourage you um, in Lent to read it. Um, And you could start with chapter 24. You could probably even start a few chapters earlier, even start with chapter one. Um, And but these this stretch from 24 into 35 is interesting. Some of it gets boring in the middle there, admittedly, and you could, you know, um, (laughs) when God is giving instructions around the tabernacle, you know, all the details of that piece. Um, So, but what I think is so interesting is we see, you know, the peak of Mount Sinai where uh, Moses is with God. That's this chapter 24 and comes down with the Ten Commandments. And then we see the golden calf story of, of Moses, um, you know, walking into the camp and the Israelites are like dancing around the God that they've created, um, you know, one that they've like melted and molded and can control. Moses loses it, smashes the uh, tablets, which I love seeing the humanity of Moses, right? He likes, he's not like calm, collected. He's not rational at all. He's like, he's mad he's like totally and i'm i I can imagine for him this is like a moment of like oh god can i even continue as our leader like is god gonna like you know smite me when i get back up to the top of mount sinai like i i wonder like what's kind of going through his mind when he decides to make the trek back up mount sinai after smashing 
the tablets. Um, but yeah, then we see him go back up and um, and not be punished by God, but God draws him closer. And and in fact, you know, that's the the text where God's like, I'm going to hide you in a rock and you'll be able to see the full glory of God. And Moses's face shines um, like the sun. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just really fascinating text in this 10 chapter window here in Exodus. So. Um, and so I love that. These two mountain peaks in between the valley is, is a real low point um, for Moses and for the Israelite people. That's a great way to walk us through that sort of story and the bookends to it. You know, what do you, what do you say to folks who are feeling like, you know, they're mm-hmm. in that valley and, and, and how that relates to the season of Lent? Right. You know, um, or even more specifically, you know, how are we supposed to view Lent? Yeah. You know, are we just supposed to like feel like, let me pivot to this one, I'll come back to the other one. Um, How are we supposed to feel in Lent? Are we just Mm -hmm. supposed to feel like, oh, it's the valley. Like Lent is the valley. Mm -hmm. It's like dour and sad Mm -hmm. and somber. Right. And it's all about Mm -hmm. death and sin and. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think we do any of that well, do we? I mean, that is just like you're you're saying that. And I'm like everybody's like, oh God, that, I don't want anything to do with that. And I think part of that and is also along the lines of often we think of Lent as a season of scarcity, right? I'm going to give up. I'm going to abstain. I'm, um, you know, I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going to give up sugar. I'm going to give up um, my phone. You know, social media, whatever, yeah. right? You know, and um, and the issue with that is I think of um, I. Listen, I, I think it's good to give up. If, if that is important to you, to abstain in some way, that's fine. But let me just make a larger point that I feel like what that speaks to, which often the friction point with people with Lent, is that we already have such a palpable sense of scarcity in our lives, of like a feeling like not enough. And we don't have enough love. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough sleep. We don't have enough friendships. We don't have enough support or community. And so, you know, I like to try to think about Lent and reframe it as like, rather than this season of like scarcity and, um, and a sense of like, there's, there's not enough, um, reframing it as like, how, like, how are we preparing for more? Like, how are we preparing for God to bring us an abundance in our life? Which is this preparation into Easter. Like, so that Easter can have more meaning in our life. We have this 40-day lead up to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess my question would be, how do you then not let Lent sort of be a, like, the half Easter? Or like Lent, just on, you only see Lent in the context of Easter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think we have to see Lent in the context of you, Easter. I, I agree, but you, do you? I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think there, if we're not careful, then the only way we can talk about Lent is in the context of Easter. Right. Okay. So yeah, um, I see what you're saying, and and I also see what you're saying as far as like you don't want it to feel yeah like too Easterish like it. Like we need to be comfortable with, yeah, that. or that we have to caveat every right sense of the season with like, oh, but it'll Easter's be okay. Coming. Oh, it'll be okay. Right, right. Yeah, because the valleys of people's lives, these low points are real, and when you're in it, and somebody tells you like, oh, it's just a season, it'll pass. You're like, oh my god, you're not living this every day, right? right. You right. know, um, whether that's you know, often that 
statement is true. Things will pass, but it does not feel like that when you're really walking through a difficult hardship. So right, and yeah. things like death don't pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Dead is dead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, yeah, resurrection's real too, and the life to come is real. But there's just, you know, there's like a permanence to it, which, yeah. um, you know what. It, it, yeah, it's just hard to talk about it because in some sense I say that. I'm like, well, but Jesus conquered death. So it's also, it is hard to talk about right. Lent. Right. Like neither do I, that's why I ask, because neither do I want Lent to be super depressing or something people feel like they have to avoid. But neither do I want it to be sort of like caveated, mm-hmm. you know, in on every turn um, or weighed down by the fact that it is difficult to talk about death and scarcity and repentance and xyz and sin because we already feel like we're not enough in Mm -hmm. so many ways and so but like somehow there's like a needle to be thread here yeah which is to talk about you know sin and suffering and death and grief and all these parts of the valley Mm -hmm. without looking up to the mountain Mm -hmm. um yeah or, or doesn't that give us the courage to stay there and be willing to, like, sit with it a little while longer? Like, I think of Lent as a season in which we say, like, oh, pain and discomfort feels awful. Like, and, and facing some truths, like, are things that I want to run away from and distract myself from. But in this season, I'm going to face them and sit with them and feel what I need to feel um, because of you know, the fact that I believe in resurrection, I believe in hope, I believe that God's, you know, sowing seeds of goodness and possibility in my life, right? Like, because of all those truths, I have the strength and the courage to sit and, and endure this season of life. Yes, I love that frame, this idea that, you know, we can be brave enough to sit with these things that are hard, to sit with, you know, the things that we want and need to repent for, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, our own mortality, X, Y, Z, um, because we do know mm-hmm. what's on the other side. Um, and it helps us face things, I think, mm-hmm. even when we don't know what's on the other side. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a hard line to walk, but one every year I'm always intrigued by because, yeah. you know, th- these th- I told the confirmation class last week that we were talking about Lent and sort of appropriately talked about mountains and valleys because, you know, I sort of show, I said Lent in the context of the Christian year is like a valley. Easter's a mountain, Advent's a valley, mm-hmm. Christmas is a mountain. And that's like the cycle, like the, the, the Christian calendar mimics the life cycle yeah. in which there are high points and there are low points. And you have to take that journey mm-hmm. in the calendar. If mm-hmm. you sort of, if we sort of cheapen like the waiting of Advent, the preparation, the mm-hmm. peace, um, if we cheapen the, the repenting, right. You know, the, the hard stuff of Lent, it, it, t- it cuts off the highs mm-hmm. of Christmas and Easter. and doesn't better prepare us mm-hmm. for living this life of valleys and mountains, which is really the point of the Christian calendar, to sort of give us these tools to practice mm-hmm. being people of faith in church so we can mm-hmm. be those people. So in the real world. So, you know, no, um, 
no criticism from me towards you or to anyone else, but just simply to lift up because I think about that every year. You yeah. know, how do you not, you know, hammer people over the head with something that feels too difficult mm-hmm. or oppressive, but also acknowledging like, listen, this is not going to be um, the most joyous mm-hmm. of seasons. Right, right. Well, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I just think of, you know, you and I, as part of our roles, sit with people in grief all the time, right? And um, and that's a hard thing to do. It's it, and my inclination, especially like my enneagram three ness, wants to like fix things for people and solve the problem. And and one of the things I know is you can't fix grief. You know, you can't make people's pain go away. Um, what you could do is like bear witness to it, be present with them in the midst of it. Um, and so you know, I think of Lent like that. Like for some of us. Um, you know, um, it, sometimes it might mean like facing some things in our own life and, um, and being willing to like go deeper and sit with that. But sometimes it means like not running away from the people in our life who are struggling or who need somebody to accompany them in their own, in their valley. Right. Because we do that in our life because, um, you know, we just, we instinctually avoid the people, or not instinctually, but like we avoid people in grief or people in our life who might, you know, be in pain or kind of facing some difficult circumstances because it's like, oh, that requires something of me. And I just want to go out with my other friends and have fun. Or I just want to like pretend that that's not happening. Or it's hard. It's, right. It's just hard and uncomfortable, right? We don't know how to pick up the phone and make the phone call, right? right. And so, like you were saying, I feel like Lent is the season in which we practice learning how to do that, right? We, and, and we say to ourselves, like, no, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to make space and time, um, not only for, like, my own spiritual life, but also for what other people are enduring and walking through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dana. Oh, thanks, Alex. Yeah. And, uh, and friends, I hope you join us uh, this Lent. And, um, and we've created some tools for you for this season because sometimes it can feel intimidating to say like, oh, I want to I take on some new spiritual practices or I want to reflect or pray, but I don't even know where to begin, right? So we've given you some tools to start with. Alex has put together a beautiful devotion. Um, it is, you could get it in paper form here at the church office. You could use our South Church app um, to read what he's written, beautiful reflections. I read today's for Ash Wednesday and I loved it. It was such a great start to um, Ash Wednesday into the season of Lent. And Jen has put together um, a mason jar filled with 40 prompts that you can use um, to pray and reflect for the season. So if you need any help getting any of those, just let us know. That's right. Um, and, you know, there is that thing called worship we do every Sunday at yes. 10 a.m. You yes. can come and join us. Yeah, then. join us on our live stream, come in person. That's right. Yep. You got options. Um, yeah, everyone. Find ways to do the hard things Lent. Yeah. In this Lenten it's season. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Dana. Thanks, Alex. And uh, we'll talk next week. All right. About, Blessings. About your sermon for next week. That's right. For Sunday in Lent. That's right. All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.